Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. All right. This week's reviewer of the week is Steph Garrity, and she says, knowledge is power. I love this podcast. I listened to it whenever my pregnancy insomnia was overwhelming, as well as doing housework during the end of my pregnancy. I was going to say, I hope you're not only listening to it when your pregnancy insomnia (laughs) is overwhelming, Um, but I love the housework one. I am an avid. I listen to a podcast as I do housework. It helped empower me to pursue an unmedicated birth with so many telling me that I wouldn't be able able to do it. Ah, people are so rude. If you're debating taking the MEB birth course, this is a great start. This course and podcast help my husband support me and understand his essential role in our son's birth. I have to laugh because you said essential role and I'm like, yes, please use all the keywords, right? <laughs> it is so true though. Um, he does have an essential role and I hope that you guys are really enjoying. I'm really trying to bring on for these birth stories, making sure that we get the dads on here too, because it is just as much, right? The partner doing this with mom as it is the mom being able to work through it comfortably. So thank you so much for leaving that review. Okay, you guys, this week, I'm really excited. I have a dear friend, um, an amazing um, doula backup as well, like professional experience with me here uh, that is going to talk to you guys and have a conversation with me about what it looks like to become a doula, as well as how she has, like what her experience is with making inductions go really well. Like what does a successful induction look like? And I know that that's kind of been a topic of conversation on the podcast. Not only that, but when you guys are messaging me about inductions, and I know I've talked about it recently, but I wanted someone else that can like chit chat a little bit about what this looks like to be successful. Um, And from a doula's perspective, because I think it's a little different, right? Than Mm-hmm. It might look from someone else's perspective. So without further ado, Bonnie, tell us a little bit about you. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, my name is Bonnie Baker, and I have been a doula since 2014. And I just, I kind of ended up losing count of the years. And so I was like, <laughs> well, I don't know. However, <laughs> just go off of the year that I started because it's, it's really adding up. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how quickly, quickly time, <laughs> time flies when... You're having fun, having fun, and <laughs> when people are having babies, yes. So, um, yeah, doesn't that like every couple years when you're like getting that notification or that text message from a previous client, like I'm pregnant again, are you uh-huh. available? You're yeah. like, oh, I have been doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, I just attended a three-peat, so oh, a I love third it. client, yes. a, 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 the birth of a client for the third time. Yeah. Um, 
you backed me up for her on her first one. I did? Uh-huh. Yeah, Aww. you were there for part of it. I love it. Yeah. So I remember then. That was really That's special. Cool. It was really, really special. And that one went really well. And she actually was, she opted for induction um, these last two times. Wow. And they were really wonderful, positive experiences. So that kind of ties into yeah. this episode that we get to talk about. But um yeah, I've, so I've been a doula since 2014, and I, in 2019, started my midwifery path, and that was kind of um, just, it just kind of happened. It just kind of was this sort of, like, organic thing that just moved on into this, like, next phase, and it all was perfect the way that it, you know, just came about. And so I'm hoping that I'll be able to wrap that up, my studies up and take my test in 22. Um, so for those of you in Northern Utah looking for a midwife in 2022, <laughs> reach out. Are you yeah. attending births right now though too? Um, not right now. I'm actually going to have my own baby. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I have two boys and they are 11 and 13 and then we just have this little surprise caboose that we are it's just gets to be this little family baby that we are so excited to meet and find out who it is and so this Christmas we're gonna welcome this little person into our family and then after a stretch then I'll I'll start doing births again so I love it like when the sun is shining yeah. is when I'll <laughs> go back to it when like the weather's it. pleasant. Um, I was going to say, so Bonnie and I, and maybe that's kind of like when we get into how to become a doula, right? Or backups or mm-hmm. whatever. But Bonnie and I met through doula work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always said, because there was a long stretch there, about four and a half years where I was trying to get pregnant myself. And I was like, no, if I get pregnant, Bonnie will be my doula, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't end up getting pregnant, but now I'm like... If I were to get pregnant, Bonnie would be my midwife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be amazing. So seriously, if you guys are Northern Utah and you're listening, I'm going to put all your information in the Great. show notes afterwards. And awesome. It would be amazing for people to be able to contact you. So Cool. <laughs> yes. Great. Okay. So let us get into a little bit of today's topic, which is what is a doula? right? (laughs) Before we talk about how to become one, what is a doula? That's like a really great, um, it's it's something that I can anticipate people asking me at like a Christmas party, work Christmas party (laughs) for a spouse or a neighborhood party. So what do you do? Right. I'm a doula. Yeah. Oh. You catch babies? Yeah. Yeah. Actually. (laughs) I do now. Yeah. Um, So, which I think it's really funny because people just, they have like this like very, very small idea of what a doula is, but they don't, they don't really know. And, and then it always is kind of weird for me to like try to explain to somebody that maybe isn't in this like birthing um, phase of their life of like what it is that a doula does. Mm -hmm. But I just have kind of come to the conclusion that a doula is a person that is there to like be with you to support you to educate you and to really like walk alongside you in your plan and regardless of if that plan stays on the path that you originally chose or if that changes that doula is there for you yeah and and supporting you and helping you make it the best experience I think that's what I try to do. Yeah. I guess that there are doulas that probably do things differently, but I'm trying to have somebody, I'm trying to help someone have their best experience. Yeah. So. No, I think that's the perfect description. I know that you and I 
practice our doula work very similarly. Mm -hmm. And that is whatever you decide to do sounds great. I'm here to help you get all the information, make sure you get informed consent, and then we do the birth the way you want to do it. So stand by you, kind of hold your hand. I like that a lot. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you do kind of interview to postpartum. Like what is that? And maybe like a brief, but whatever you feel like you want to add in there. Sure. What does that look like for you? Um, So typically I, so I get most of my inquiries through my website. So if someone, you know, emails me, I, we, you know, chat a little bit about very basics. First of all, if, if it's a time that I'm available and then I like to set up an interview, um, just make sure that they've had a chance to go through my website because a lot of times those questions that those very basic questions are already there. Um, so like, you know, breeze through the website and then let's meet up and, Honestly, I feel like the interview process is not so much about answering questions of like certification and experience. It is, it is, but I, it's about, it's about how like your energy clicks. Yep. Um, and I think that there can be a doula who's had, you know, 12, 15 years of experience and a doula who's had three years of experience or brand new, it's their second or third client. And if that energy just feels right, it doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah. Right. They, you don't have to have like all the whistles and bells Mm -hmm. to be a good support person. I don't think so. Um, meeting up, um, chatting, seeing if it's a good fit. And then I usually just tell them to get back to me when they have made their decision or when they've interviewed other people and you know whatever that ends up being and once we've decided to move forward then I like to just get it on the schedule yeah (laughs) just like okay let's just I live by my calendar so right you know meeting up with them depending on when I'm hired sometimes I'm hired um you know on the spot at at, well yeah yeah that happens too (laughs) but sometimes I'm hired when they're like eight weeks pregnant yeah (laughs) you know and other times I'm hired when they're like 37 weeks I actually last year I had a client who was like are you still available and I was like yeah and she was like okay I'm in labor oh my gosh and I was like (laughs) I haven't had one of those yet (laughs) (laughs) that's intense I'll I'll head over (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah so um so we plan I like to do at least two prenatals and um we just kind of go over some questions I have them fill out some stuff in advance so that I have kind of a heads up if there's something big that we need to make sure that we talk about and save room for in our appointment. And then at our second appointment, I also bring my backup doula. Um, I try to as much as I can. Sometimes babies get in the way. And in that case, they, (laughs) they don't come, but, um, my backup usually comes at my second appointment. And in those prenatals, we talk about a lot about, um, expectations, what that client expects from me and what that client expects from the birth partner, if there's anyone else that's going to be there, um, how I can help support the both of them, Mm -hmm. because it's not always just about the birthing person. It's also about their partner too. And so I, you know, try to get an idea of what that is going to look like, what my role is going to look like. It's different for a lot of people. For um, that three-peat client that I was just telling you about, it worked really well for her, for her husband to stay home with the kids. And I met her at the hospital and got that induction going. 
Interesting. And then her husband joined her later after her kids were up and had Mm -hmm. eaten and, you know, and so I can do that or I can just come later when things are active, you know, it's whatever those, the family needs. Um, and then I'm on call from usually I say like 37, 38 weeks, um, until baby's born. And that doesn't mean that like if a baby was born before that, that I wouldn't attend. It just means (laughs) that I'm not going on vacation and not going, I'm, I'm allocating some, you know, holding that space for her and waiting for her call, you know, um, this, this last stretch of not having to have my phone with me has been really interesting. Hmm. Haven't had to be on call. Haven't had to have my phone on loud and yeah. <laughs> you know, that yeah. type of stuff has been weird. Yeah. It's been nice, yeah. but, um, <laughs> I'm not used to it cause I've just lived life on call. And then I'm with that family from when they need the support of a doula. Um, and again, that looks different for everyone. Sometimes that means that I'm really, I'm coming in earlier because that birth partner needs support Mm. in supporting that person having the baby, or I'm there because that birth partner doesn't feel comfortable doing as much hands-on support or doesn't know all of the, you know, all of the things that they should be doing. We talk about it, but you know, it's different once you're in that actual very true. Go time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and then I'm with them after baby's born. We do some breastfeeding support, getting that baby latched, get them settled, and then I'll, you know, give them some space as a new family and then follow up postpartum with them. So that's kind of start to finish what I do. Oh, that's a real I like it. small. Yeah. A snippet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a look into it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so we wanted to talk to you about how you become a doula. I know, right, like we have our babies, maybe we've had a doula or not, but we have this incredible experience and we're like, I need to be supporting other women in this space. So what are kind of the next steps from that thought? For me, I, um, well, for me, I had actually intended on getting in, moving straight into midwifery school Mm. and my husband had just finished school and I kind of looked at the outline and we had you know just finishing up all of that like intense Mm. schooling I just was like I don't want to do that yet so I just started doing um doula work I took a training um so in Utah Melissa Chapel down in Utah County I took her training and I loved it and I felt like it was just enough to get the ball rolling. Um, I was able to um, have clients, uh, a couple clients from there, and mm. I was able to earn a little bit of money and then turn that money back around into more training and just build upon it. So um, for me, I think that just starting off with a real basic training, can you don't have to break the bank. Yeah. You, know? you don't have to invest tons of money you can just start out little bit by little bit and that's what I did and I think that that works wonderfully I think that networking and finding other doulas and other you know like-minded individuals is probably a must yeah I I think that there were probably times in the very beginning when you and I were just starting out that I honestly thought to myself if Stephanie 
wasn't so gung-ho I probably would have fizzled out a little bit (laughs) (laughs) there was a portion there where you guys you and the other Stephanie kept me hanging on for a minute because I was like I gotta go I'm not setting this stuff up right and I am exhausted so yes totally agree in fact I so I don't did you attend births before you took a training remind me was it your sister's birth or was there Um, I feel like there was a birth I could be making there were like maybe a couple of friends that I attended um, but I don't think I did anything like official okay. as a doula. I was yeah. just kind of like there as a friend or yeah. like as a spectator. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and I, same thing. So I kind of like dipped my toe where I remember feeling like I had taken training to become a childbirth educator. And oh, I was like, yeah. I think I want to do doula work. Uh-huh. So I like put it out there that like, I have no training and I would love to attend a birth for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be your support, but I am not like I have nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking too, when I go to support that woman, like I'm going to know what to do because I've had three babies myself. Like I know how the body works and all this. And I didn't. And I, anyway, so I showed up. I'm glad I did that one for free, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I Luckily she was like, it was a home birth. She had had a baby before. She totally knew what she was doing. She was in her zone. I did a little mm-hmm. bit of counter pressure on her back. Like it was not a big deal. And she felt supported, felt like it was a good thing for her. And I felt like it was a big training experience for me, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not so natural. Just like you're saying, like with the dads, right? Like sometimes you can know things, but then you don't really know. And so even though I had had these births and stuff before trying to support another woman without any um, training, without any experience, it was like, I love you and I'm here for you, but I do not know exactly what you need right now. And so I want Mm -hmm. some more experience. Mm-hmm. So same thing. I took a training. I will put a link um, in the show notes for the training that you took. It was through Dona. Yeah, it was Doulas a Dona. of North America, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically for Melissa Chapel. That mm-hmm. way we make sure that we've got that link in there. Um, I'm curious, how did your husband and family feel when you were like, I think I want to be on call with these little kids? <laughs> you know, I think I want to do this oh, work. Oh, that was a little bit of like a learning mm-hmm. curve for me and for them. And overall, um, I have a wonderful supportive husband who just with everything that I'm like, hey, I have this really harebrained scheme. (laughs) Hear me out. What if I leave I leave to go to earn money at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> How do you feel about that? And I'm that? gone for 24 hours and at a time. And I'm not a stripper. <laughs> like, yeah. How do you feel about that? <laughs> and he just was kind of like, okay. You know, just. <laughs> I love it. Sure. You know. Um, so at the time with these first few births and. Now that I'm thinking about it, I did have my training before I did my first first official doula birth. I had taken that training. Um, It had it was a scenario where he had um, he had taken an internship or maybe it was a job, and I I decided to quit my job that I had Mm. been you know been kind of like the breadwinner at the sole provider while he was finishing school, and so we flipped. And mm. when he, he was a stay at home parent while he was at school yeah. and I worked and then we flipped and I, I made it like a month <laughs> and I was like, turns out I'm not that good at this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I need something else to do. Yeah. And like, I just remember thinking like, well, the dishes will still be there tomorrow. <laughs> like why do them now? So I just needed something else to like, keep, right. you know, keep me like from going insane, alive, mm-hmm, yes. awake, moving. Yep. And I just had like looked and just like that donut training was like that next weekend or something. Wow. And um, so I went down and did it. And then, um, but it was really like at the beginning, I was like, well, I can't go on this hike with my family 
like they I this client could have a baby it's so true yeah, and so I like missed out on a lot of things right because I didn't know that like you can communicate with these women right. like hey are you feeling any twinges <laughs> no right. you're not great I'm gonna go to the zoo right or whatever <laughs> you know um so I had I was really fortunate that as we were getting as I was getting set up um you know I had family and I had friends that kind of like I threw a Hail Mary and they were like I can take your kid to preschool I can watch your kid you know I can take care of your little boy and and we made it work and um I think that family support is really for for me it's really paramount yeah I agree I so when I started doing this and (laughs) my mother-in-law was so kind right because I'm like I just, that first free birth, right? I'm like, I just want to see how I feel about it. If I have to leave in the middle of the night, can you watch the kids? And we lived with them at this time. Michael was going to school. She's like, okay, yeah, (laughs) sure, we'll try that, you know? And I did it, and I loved it, but I hadn't taken the training yet. So then I came back a couple months later, and I'm like, so how do you feel, right? Um, But then luckily that's kind of when networking came up, Mm -hmm. right? I And I don't remember exactly if it was like, I saw your cute picture on the the Facebook group or whatever, or like how I reached out to you. But I remember like being I remember like, you hey. asked like if we if there was anybody that would be interested. I think in maybe like a babysitting trade. Yeah, maybe or something. okay. Maybe it was something like that. And then we met so at a splash like, pad. Yes, let's go meet <laughs> locally. Yeah. Um, and so we did, and um, you were so cute because you brought. I actually still have that lunch pail. So random as I'm like thinking of this right now. But you brought your little lunch pail and she had like grapes and cheese and like you had all this healthy stuff for your kids. And I'm I like, did. Here's a peanut butter and jelly. I think I brought barbecue <laughs> chips. Like I remember thinking like, <laughs> I hope this is a good match. Like I hope she likes me. You know. Wait, did I give so, you the lunch pail? What is happening later, with this This lunch was pail? like years later. I don't know how. It was just one of your like, oh, here's some clothes for the kids. Like oh, here's stuff I'm okay. getting rid of. Do you want this lunch pail? And I still randomly have like as we're talking, I just remember that it is like <laughs> up in my pantry right now. <laughs> Anyway, so... Is it like an old school one? Like the tin ones? It had ones? flowers. And it was like the one that like... Went like oh. This. Oh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, it was insulated. Okay. No placentas. Just No grapes. placentas. Grapes and cheese. <laughs> so anyways, um, but we did. We met at the splash pad. I felt like we hit it off. I, <gasps> I don't know. It was just... It was a really... I don't want to say lucky because I feel like... I don't know. We I, we have a good relationship and it, yeah. it has served us well. Um, and then there was another... I think... Because you... Did you have to take... I know you came to my birth class when I was teaching in person, mm-hmm. but was that for the Dona certification? Yeah. Okay. Did mm-hmm. you end up getting certified? Through Dona? No. Okay. Um, there are certifications that I did and then I let lapse and that I certified yeah. other things in. And Yeah. Same. I ended mm-hmm. up not certifying either. There's mm-hmm. different reasons for certification and not. And I know I've talked about that before that just like you mentioned, you can have somebody that's had 15 years experience or somebody that's on their third birth and it really comes down to personality and all of that. You do have yeah. to have some training and skill set. That's part of it. Yeah. But I think personality is huge. I think so anyways. most of it was that when I was inquiring about where people were getting their inquiries from everybody was like I never get anything from, from that website so I was oh, like oh right <laughs> well that was part of it like why am I gonna pay money why am if I gonna it's pay? not yeah. useful to me but right. the training was invaluable but, for yeah. me training was yeah. excellent yeah. so anyways yes we hooked up and then it was you and another woman that sat in on mm-hmm. my birth course and then we kind of hooked up together and if it weren't for Bonnie and this other woman, 
right like mm-hmm. i had some marathon births like i like it seemed like yeah. any birth i touched for a little while you even said like i don't hours. think i wanna i don't want you touching this birth right <laughs> like it's too long they're lasting two days my my i couldn't put that on my mother-in-law and she yeah. certainly didn't want to do it and so i had people come into my house these lovely other doulas that we, they were like rotating my kids childcare so i could get through these births mm-hmm. and that's when we kind of came up with the backup system right mm-hmm. it was shortly after that and i was burnt out yeah um Anyway, so maybe, do you want to talk a little bit about how you use backup, what that looks like? Yeah. So in in my um, like in my contract, it says um, I think twelve to fourteen hours of support. Um, I have the option to call in a backup at that time, but I really try to communicate with my clients that, hey, you know, it it depends on when my head hit the pillow mm-hmm. when you call me. And what are, what are, what have we been doing? Yeah, you know. And if I've been able to rest in between, and I also really try to educate them in our prenatals that that early labor phase yeah. is kind of an intimate time of just really the partner being that person um, for her. Right. Um, if if there's something that they need, I'm. I'm not going to not go, you know, or, you know, not talk to them. But if it's something that he can provide for that for her or that they can provide for the birthing person, that that's something that it usually if we just kind of like give space, give privacy, it moves along, you know. Um, So trying to educate about that so that they don't call me in too soon. Um, And and there have been times where I've, you know, put a mom to bed and said, I'll sleep on the couch for an hour, and if I wake up and you're still snoozing, I'm gonna go, yeah. and and then you call me back when things pick up again. Right. Um, because I have been there when things are it's a little bit early and things die down, and that I think the watch pot that never boils right. kind of mentality goes comes into play. Sure. And that they feel like they need to perform, mm-hmm. and I don't want them to feel that way because that's tiring for them, mm-hmm. you know. So. Um, we came up with like a system of, you know, go through these steps, do these things. And if it's still happening, then, you know, keep in touch with me and we can make a plan for me to head in. So if it's been, you know, 12 to 14 hours and I feel like I need that support, then I will call in my backup doula. Um, I usually just for their sake try to have it not be at like two o'clock in the morning right (laughs) if I've been at it for 24 hours maybe then yeah but um I and and to be quite honest with you I think that it 12 to 14 hours is that language that I use in my contract but I would say it's closer to 18 to 24 hours before I'll really like give up and be like okay fine I guess I need a nap yeah (laughs) you know and then have my backup come in and and honestly when the backup comes in they're spunky they've got like fresh energy that they bring to the room they've got all the let's do this let's try this let's you know get on change this position get in the tub get out of the tub whatever right Right. um so it's always a good thing too if the backup does show up when they do because they just bring in this like renewed energy for the family and and I I think that every one of the backup doulas that I've ever worked with that have come in to support the family I've I've just been internally grateful for them occasionally I'll get a sandwich out of it too right I'll be like (laughs) have you eaten um no I haven't. <laughs> like I breezed through all my snacks really early on. <laughs> that was another thing that I think that a birth that you and I did together. I remember 
basically eating my weight in graham crackers mm-hmm. in the yep <laughs> in the food room right. at the hospital like well just eat more not of expect these. to be here for two days did yes. not expect no did not expect that yeah yeah yeah, and there's some overlap too, right? Mm-hmm. If you bring in a backup doula, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Well, we have a nice system where we um, have um, we have an app that we keep notes in. So the doula, the backup doula, can kind of just like keep an eye on how things are going, and it's just a, just charting, just kind of you know like what the progress is for that particular client, and um, that way if we do coordinate backup coming in. It's not this huge, like I have to step out in the hall and tell her this big long story, right? right? She basically can just like pick up where I've left off and we usually hang out for a few minutes in the room um, as we make that transition. And because they came to the prenatal, they it, it's not a stranger walking into the right. birth space. Which you is know? a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I do try to also um, pair my backups and my clients like with yes. their personalities yes. you know if if there's one that just is like really bubbly and outgoing and there's like a really like shy intimidated <laughs> that personality right. like they don't you know right. try to make a match right um so then that way it feels more like a friendly face that's coming in and and then sometimes that means that they're gonna just take over and the baby like they'll be there for the baby's birth and whatever other times that means like I'm just gonna go sleep and they'll call me back in yeah it kind of just depends on how long I've been awake and and what that preference is for the family and what that preference is for that doula backup too yeah and then you still come to the postpartum Mm -hmm. care yes yep yeah. yeah, we both try to come if possible if we end up both attending. Yeah, um, and but that's kind of based off of schedule. If it doesn't work for that doula's schedule, then it's not a like deal breaker. But sure. Yeah. 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 I love it. All right, talk to me a little bit about advertising. So I think networking is huge. Yeah. How about how do I get clients? And in the beginning, doesn't it feel like I'm never going to have clients? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Um, well, for me, I I remember um, at the beginning, I would take my kids to preschool and take my and preschool and kindergarten or first grade or whatever they were at the time. And now they're in like eighth grade and mm-hmm. sixth grade. So it's been a minute. <laughs> right. Um, and but I would I would drop them off and I would have all of my goodie bags in my car like ready to go like preschool drop off head straight into salt lake Mm. and i just would like hoof it around all of the different providers offices like a little goodie bag of candy and my cards i'm a doula give this out if people are asking give my card out if people are asking you can eat the treats and i don't know i don't know that i really got a ton of um Mm. traffic from that honestly um it it really came from either other doulas that were booked that didn't have availability that they referred to me um, and then working with those providers kind of seeing me in action I think mm. they were like oh hey give me your card you know that right. that's how I kind of got those um, provider referrals but I would say the biggest um, the biggest way that I got clients and advertising benefit was my website and Google and not so much on Facebook. I know that that's something that 
when it comes up in conversation with other doulas, it's interesting to see where they're, um, yeah, right. where, where they get everything. But that's not, that was not the case for me, um, which was fine because it was less time that I had to be on Facebook typing my yeah. stuff in, you know. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was more through my website, building my website, figuring out SEO and doing those and then word of mouth, right? Yeah, like once you have mouth. clients, yeah. Yeah. they share with other people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. And I think that in the beginning, I did try to do like a little bit of like an incentive. Like if you, yeah. you know, refer somebody to me, I'll give you this or that. And it like also was just medium. Right. <laughs> it wasn't like a huge success or yeah. anything, but right. people were always really um, willing to refer to me after my, my, my clients were always really willing to refer back to me for other people and their friends. And yeah. I've actually had this really special experience where I have been the doula for three sisters. That's really neat. And they've all taken my class too. Mm. That felt that, that was a real honor Yeah, as well. That's really neat. So yeah. That is special. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We'll come back to that. I guess also another place that I get class or that I get, um, students nope that I get clients from (laughs) (laughs) another place that I get clients from is from my class yeah so that was one thing that when I took your class I thought this is this is fun this is like a good yeah maybe I was too chatty maybe I was too chatty of a observer no (laughs) I just remember no it was excellent no just we're not at all throwing that in there but um I just was like, hey, yeah, this was fun. Like Steph's class was fun to take. And um, so I just decided that I wanted to teach my own childbirth education class too. So I certified for hypnobabies. And I get a lot of students that way. And I get um, clients that way that are students in my class and um, referrals class that lead to doula. So yeah. Yeah, I think that maybe having extra services beyond just doula work right um, can kind of lead to more traffic yeah and the more you can get in front of pregnant women mm-hmm. right and and they get to know you i think building that relationship prior to asking somebody to be at your birth is you know invaluable if you have an opportunity to do that yeah. so i love that yeah um i did want to go over cost but we kind of talked about this before we're like i don't really know exactly yeah. what it cost me to become a doula but if you had to guess what would you say some of the costs are, or maybe like a roundabout, what they could be for becoming a doula. Well, I guess it depends on the training that you take. Sure. And I guess factor in inflation and what right. it was back <laughs> when I took my training versus now. Yeah. Um, but like, I think that you could probably expect when you consider business ca- business cards, um, website taking that training if you had to travel I think that adds extra to it you know but I I really feel like you could probably do it for about a thousand dollars right just to start yeah um if you wanted to add on to that for additional services or become a childbirth educator you know that does increase it substantially but I think that it leads to a lot more opportunity right for that income and that that um, exposure. Well, and I liked what you did. And I was very similar where you're like, I took those first couple of births and I used that money to put back in to mm-hmm. more training, more services, more whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes a long way. 
Yeah. And I remember telling, I had one client, actually, she was one of your students Mm -hmm. um, that had hired me for her birth. And I remember telling her, thank you for hiring me. I just want you to know that this is going towards my training to be able to teach. And she was like, oh my gosh, like that's, I'm so glad to be able to help you do that. Yeah. You know, so I, I was always grateful for those early, yeah. those early clients <laughs> that really like supported me and trusted me and yeah. And then came back. Right. Yeah. Know? Cause he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Some, uh, back to personality and things, but, um, quickly I did want to mention like, and I know that this has been like a big thing, you know, especially at least here in Utah and all the conversation and stuff, which is like, don't go offering your births for free, right? Like mm. once you've, you're certified in things. And I mentioned I did with my first, but I had, I mean, no certifications, no nothing. Mm-hmm. But there, there is something to that, right? Like when people invest in something, they're more mm-hmm. likely to take it seriously, mm-hmm. um, more likely to respect you yes. a little more and your time and your yeah. family and things. And so um, just kind of wanted to throw that out there that depending on what, you know, doula work goes for in your area to not knock it down so far just to get a first couple clients. Cause it really can, I don't know, kind of burn you out, yeah. m- maybe cause some rifts even within yeah. the doula community and, yeah. and to charge what you're worth because Absolutely. you might not feel that way, but what you do is very valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want somebody that's going to appreciate and respect that value to be one of your clients. hundred so, percent. Yeah. yeah. I remember getting an email from a prospective, um, client that said, and at the time, I was charging three hundred dollars <laughs> because that was like the going rate for a brand new doula. For a new three hundred dollars, and I remember she said, "Why would I hire you, who hasn't finished your certification yet, for three hundred dollars when I can hire a certified, experienced doula for only a little bit more? Like, why won't you? Like, yeah. Like, is your fee negotiable? Will you, like, you know, go down on your fee?" For $300 and um, having to like pay for childcare, right. any food and that I was going to eat, any backup, yeah. gas, getting there, All of it. $300 barely even covered that. Right. You know, totally. And I don't even remember if I responded. Well, when <laughs> to come at like, someone, sorry, so rude. rude. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't. Let nice. me really try to lower yeah. that because I want to work yeah. with you. That yeah. sounds like and a great idea. Being nervous, I, I remember also too being nervous of like, oh man, like, are they gonna? Is anybody gonna even hire me if I charge five hundred dollars? Right. And I remember walking out of a birth, um, just it, you know, not not that long thereafter, charging someone five hundred dollars and being so nervous about it and thinking to myself, I gotta raise my price. Yeah, like, that was not. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and every time I increased my rate, I, I got busier. Right. And I think that it, you know, you value yourself more. Right. You are able, it's more sustainable. You're yeah. able to continue to do this work that yes. is, is a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of work. And, and I think that it also allows you to not have to take so many as well and burn yourself out that way. Yeah like be gentle to yourself and be gentle for your family. And I, I was so proud of myself for my 30th birthday. I took my family to Disney world and it was all the money that I had made from births. It just was like all me. Like I did that. And I felt so proud of myself for that. Um, and why I felt proud of that money that I had earned versus the money that I had earned, like as the breadwinner at a nine to five job. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
Um, but I, I was really proud of myself. Yeah. That. <laughs> that entrepreneur mode. Like there you go. I did all of this yes. by myself. That's yes. Right. I love it. Okay. Uh, we won't take too much time, but I do want to talk about your best tips and tricks or thoughts behind making an induction successful. And first of all, what that means to you, because I think we share similar sentiments on what makes it successful or not. So I think ultimately, and this is whether or not this is a, an induction or a spontaneous birth, but if you were part of the decision-making process, and I say this to my students, I say this to my clients, I say this to as many people as I can. If you were part of the decision-making process, that helps to that your outcome will be positive. Like you'll have a positive experience if you're part of that decision-making process. And so if there's a scenario where a person knows that they are, the likelihood of an induction is there, you know, I, sometimes they're out of the blue yeah, and it just kind of like hits, hits that person like a, a, ton of bricks like oh crap like I just went in for a regular appointment and now I'm at the hospital right sometimes that happens and there's indications that that needs to happen you know and and it surprises them but if there's a scenario that they think that okay like my blood pressure is creeping up or I have a pre-existing condition or something that they're watching the baby for um if they know in advance a lot of women will choose to like do some pumping or something to kind of prime their cervix and I think that that's great like if that's something that those women want to do that's great um I always try to talk to my clients about a gentle induction so doing something that will um ripen the cervix before moving straight on to Pitocin mm. uh, or whatever other sure. medication that the provider wants to use. Um, but even to back that up even more, um, back it up a little bit to the provider. The provider at the very beginning. Choosing yes. that provider <laughs> yes. is going to make it or break it. And if you've got a provider that you know or that you have heard likes to do inductions, does a lot of C-sections, you know that you are already at kind of like an elevated risk for that outcome being an outcome that you experience. Um, So a supportive provider that is on board with a slow, gentle induction. I I call it a tuck-in. I tuck my clients in. I'll usually attend the beginning of the induction, get them set up. Most I call it a tuck-in because most of the time it's at night. Sometimes it's bright and early in the morning too. But um, you know, you you go into these inductions, and especially if it's a first-time mom, or if the cervix is not necessarily ripe or um, doesn't meet those, doesn't meet that score, that bishop score, that qualification of a successful induction. You've got to get that cervix there. You've got to get that cervix to the point where it can be successful. And that's a lot of hours. Yeah. It's a lot of hours of just hanging out. Right. And that's not a bad thing. Um, I remember um, thinking to myself, all of the births that I've done that have been really, really long have been at the University of Utah. (laughs) 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 And like, kind of like dreading it. Yeah. And then realizing like, they've been incredibly patient yeah. with those people and they have not rushed things. Yeah. And so I was like, that sounded really bad, but actually that's kind of a right. good thing, you know, <laughs> because they, they were patient. Um, but a, a patient provider I think is going to be your first 
set up for success. Yeah. And then a gentle induction with like whatever cervical ripener that that provider, you know, feels like is best. And knowing that you still are part of that decision making process. So you can say like, hey, um, I don't. I'm, I don't feel ready to move straight on to Pitocin. Can I take a break from, you know, now that we've finished up the Foley bulb or whatever, can I have some food first? Can yeah. I get in the shower first and then move on to Pitocin? There's really not a reason why a mom wouldn't yeah. be able to do something like that. Right. You know, um, and and that just kind of helps keep her in the loop, in, in charge of her, her birth experience. And so... Clear communication with the birth team, I think, is also really important, too. A little bit of flexibility. If you're there for an induction and you're telling them that you don't want any Pitocin, I feel like that is getting right. a little bit, kind of <laughs> right. makes it hard. Yeah. Just a little bit hard. Um, but, you know, sometimes the cervix will just absolutely do what it needs to do without Pitocin. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And I think allowing flexibility for that can, can make that a positive experience too i agree yeah yeah all right before we leave and i am so glad that you came and want to say a big thank you for being here thank you for having me so fun i plan to have bonnie back (laughs) we have something in the works right (laughs) a little secret episode coming um but i also want to give you an opportunity to let everybody know where to find you i will drop all that information in the show notes it'll probably go out in the email for this week's episode as well so that you guys can connect with bonnie and see what she does but tell me a little bit about the community that you're involved with i work I work for my, as myself, <laughs> as a doula and a childbirth educator, but I also have a group of doulas that I work with. Um, so we're the Davis County doulas. Nice. And um, we have been able to really do some amazing community outreach through the, our, our um, cooperative that we are that we are all part of. Um, before COVID kind of slowed that down, we did the positive birth group, yes. Davis County. Um, and that's, that is an opportunity that we have had to be able to provide um, just some gentle information <clears throat> and um, education, just, you know, some fun pregnancy support groups, education, whatnot. Um, We've also been able to give back to the community through a program that we have called DCD Cares. And that's where people nominate other families for donated doula support. Um, So kind of circling back when you'd said like, no births for free, right? (laughs) I I 100% agree with that. I, I think that you can't, I think you can't do this work for free. But, um, you know, my, the, the women that I work with just felt really strongly that we are so lucky to be able to do this work that we do. And we wanted to give back and we wanted to figure out a way to do that. And so we came up with this program that nominates, and it's not even just a needs, it's not even like a financial needs based. Some of it is military families. Some of it is, um, we had a mom who um, like all of her children had had to spend time in the NICU. Mm. She'd never had skin to skin before um, with her babies um, for infertility. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes needs like financial needs based as well, but it's nominated by other people. And I think that's what really makes it cool is yeah. that their family, their friends were thinking about them. And um, it, 
it, that is really special. I love being able to, to give back in that way. Um, and then most recently we were able to, we were contacted by the prison and we have, um, the prison project that we are just, it's just a new initiative and we are able to go in and educate these pregnant inmates about birth, um, pregnancy and birth and, you know, what to expect and, um, being able to give back to justice involved women, I think is also a really incredible experience that, that we're just starting out on. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So Davis County doulas, is there Mm -hmm. a website? Davis County doulas.com hard to remember <laughs> and then yeah. on the website I assume that there's somewhere like DCD cares if somebody did want to nominate someone that they know locally mm-hmm. right okay mm-hmm. and then all of your information as well as the other doulas information will be on there as well correct yep okay and what's your personal website my personal website is bellissimobirth.com okay do you want to spell that <laughs> yeah <laughs> b-e-l-l-i-s-s-i-m-o birth b-i-r-t-h Nice. Dot com. Nice. <laughs> I was, I'm like in my head, M I S S I S S I Like I know there's a mess. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of doubles on that one. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for your Thanks time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.